No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Okay, terrific. Language and writing were made available. He'll teach you everything. I'm writing this down. This is good stuff. I'm John, and this is John Helps You Write Better. And today we're going to talk about one of those writing intangibles. One of those things that's there but not there but is kind of there and it's something worth talking about so here's how we're going to start doing this we're talking about mood today as we continue our discussion of every sentence is a camera and mood is one of those things that you Mood is one of those things that you never want to pin on a single word. You never want to say it just once and then never bring it up again. Mood is built out of pieces cooperating together. Now, some of those pieces are going to be specific, like sentence structure or word choice. But some of those pieces are not specific. Some of them are going to be the collection of sentences written together or the way this scene comes across or the, the impact these words have when a reader reads them. I want you to consider mood and its atmosphere and, and all those related concepts. Think about them like air, like the air you're breathing right now, like the air in your house, like the air outside, like the air in your car, whatever. Because air is everywhere. It's invisible, ideally, but we know it's there and we, we exist with it. But air also has the ability to feel certain ways while also remaining invisible. We can feel hot air even though there's no particles of hotness visible. We can feel stale, clammy air because there's no, even though there's no particles of stale, clammy stuff. Air is a great example or a great model for mood because it's invisible and it permeates everything and it makes a difference with everything, but it's something we can constantly affect by consuming it, by moving forward through time and space, by breathing it, by exhaling, by interacting and engaging in and around it. We set it up so that it's present, even though we don't necessarily always attend to it. And I think that's one of the things that people really get wrong about mood. They want to turn it into a, a set of levers or knobs or something where it's it's really overmanaged, micromanaged even. And it's it's really tangible and, and, and very present and it's almost forced in a way. And you don't necessarily want to do that. You don't want to make it into something that is overt. It is better off, mood and atmosphere are both better off when they're covert, when they're there and you can point to them but not exactly point to the specifics of them. That's a really fine distinction. So for instance, one of the things that contributes to mood and atmosphere that's very, very practical is sentence structure. The way you craft a sentence, no matter the subject or content of the sentence, can elicit a reaction in people. If you're 
crafting a scene that feels tense. We can use language, specific words that lead a reader to think or feel tense or nervous or or anxious or something. If you were writing an action scene and you want it to be this sort of big knockdown drag out thing, we're going to put the focus on words that communicate intensity or words that communicate action. The, the, the verbs, the, the words that describe the consequences of those verbs, because it is the not only the presentation of here's what a thing is doing, and not only the presentation of this is how a thing ended up, you know, he stabs Bob with the knife, does not elicit a mood unless we have some kind of pre-existing relationship to Bob or knives. So we want to make sure our mood is set beyond word choice. Word choice matters. Word choice is a thing, but word choice by itself is not enough. Just like nitrogen and air we breathe or oxygen in air we breathe are independently not enough. So what other factors can we throw in here? What other stuff can we do something with to help make our mood more effective beyond word choice? Well, scene framing. The specific content we choose, not just the words that illustrate feeling or elicit something, but if we're crafting a scene that's supposed to feel a certain way, whatever kind of scene it is, and we're talking about things that seem very disparate to it. So, for instance, just to ground this a little bit, if we're having a scene that's supposed to be romantic between two characters, they express intimate feelings of attraction to each other or something. They're about to admit they love you. They're, they're about to hold hands or, 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 or kiss or something. And all of a sudden, you start writing this scene where we become hyper aware that there's, I don't know, an airplane flying overhead. Or in the middle of this scene of character A confessing their feelings to character B, you spend a paragraph talking about how character B uh, one time made a sandwich they really liked. It's just random stuff that you've thrown in there or stuff that seems like you're trying to stretch the connective tissue or stretch the link in the chain between the thing you wrote and the, where you're going. But it doesn't make natural sense. It doesn't have a sort of organized logic to it. So what we end up with and what we're kind of stuck with is this idea of overall appropriateness when it comes to mood. If we're writing an action scene and you suddenly slow everything down to talk about the history of the bullet that is you know, fleeing the gun and then now penetrating Bob in the chest because Bob is the guy who, who set off the whole plot, um, that's, that's interesting, but the paragraph where you were talking about the history and manufacture of one particular bullet does not convey the mood of the moment where the bullet is being used. Consider your content and your sentence structure working together in order to make sure this particular scene, whatever it might be, should feel a certain way. And it's important to have the reader always aware of how a particular scene feels, which means you, from a writing perspective, need to regularly ask, when the reader reads this scene, how should they feel? This is the partner question to when the reader reads this, whatever it is, what should they picture in their head? Now, we're flipping it around and we want them to feel something. Every sentence is an opportunity for you to inject or introduce or embellish feeling. We want to get them 
feeling things, not just knowing things, not just having an intellectual awareness of the new thing you made up, but associating a feeling with it because it is through mood that your statements craft a context. Context is everything. But we'll talk about that in the next coming days when we cover more crunchy stuff. We're still going to do something abstract tomorrow. Don't worry. But eventually this is going to get crunchy and we're going to talk context when we talk about description and development at the end of the week. But for now, understand that mood is how it feels, whatever the it is. And it's our responsibility to be aware of what we're intending and then use a combination of practical writing, but also kind of an ambiance kind of a a rough approximation of words that are associated with feeling in order to get the mood we want. One last point before we get out of here for the day. You need to know that it's, it's not always perfect. You can intend a certain degree of a feeling and not get it. And that doesn't mean you failed because, again, readers aren't reading to get 100% of everything all the time. This isn't a video game where we're getting a platinum for completing it. This is a matter of, I want them in the ballpark. I want them in the space or range of anxiety or tension or fear or stress or happiness or whatever. So getting them there somewhere in that range of space can be, for the majority of people in the majority of times, enough. When it's done well, it feels great. When it's done moderately well, it's just as good. Aim for the space rather than a specific target, and mood becomes a lot easier. Give that some thought. I'll talk to you tomorrow.